0: Do the Clippers have a rival? Do rivalries even exist in the NBA anymore besides the Lakers and the Celtics? In today's episode, I'm going to be going over the potential candidates of who the Clippers' first real rival could be, or have they already had one? Coming to you today on Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vaziri, Clipper fan for 18 years. I have my own YouTube channel known as Dime Dropper, where I go live after Clipper and Laker games, and of course, film vlogs when I'm at sporting events like many Clipper games. So subscribe to that if you're interested. It's also on podcast format most episodes on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. But for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about rivalries and who the Clippers' rivals could be. Or do the Clippers already have a rivalry? I guess I'm going to have to ask you. Comment on the YouTube channel. Remember to subscribe first, though, before you comment, because it is the fastest way to grow the show. And Locked On Clippers is only one of two Locked On NBA channels that does not have 1,000 subscribers yet. So let's show everybody how big Clipper Nation is and get that number to 1,000 as soon as possible please and answer today's question do the clippers have a rival and if you don't think they have a rival already who could be the first one who who do the clippers have the best potential to form a rivalry with and in today's episode i'm going to be going over the candidates obviously the most obvious one i'm going to start with which is the lakers and then i'm going to talk about two teams that in recent history the clippers have had a little tension with that you could see them play again in this upcoming playoffs. And then I'm going to end it with two other teams. You could see them play in this upcoming playoffs, but that they have history with in a different iteration of the Clipper team. Let's start with the most obvious one. The Los Angeles Lakers are beloved hallway neighbors at the Staples center, city neighbors, and the very noisy neighbors with all the fans they have. And let's start out here. So, The first question has to be, what do you define as a rivalry? So I'm going to give mine. I think a rivalry is something that can only be built in the postseason, in my opinion. Yes, there's a lot of recent tension between Clipper and Laker fans, but they still have never played in the playoffs in any really meaningful game in terms of the grand scope of NBA history. The most meaningful game, I think, in Clipper-Laker history was Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis's first games of the franchise in 2019-20. Seriously. And you know me, guys. I'm big into LA, NBA history, but also LA sports history. So the Clippers moved to LA in 1984. The Lakers at that time were ruling the city, had been in LA for 24 years, and in the, this was sh- the beginning of showtime. They had just won two titles in the first five years of Magic's career. 1980 and 1982. So when the Clippers are coming, if you recall that episode I did with Jason about Ballmer versus Sterling, it was like, why are the Clippers moving to Los Angeles where the Lakers have this empire already? And of course, the Clippers had all the dog years of Donald Sterling, were terrible for decades, and the Lakers just continue to build on their legacy and build more fans. And then obviously the big move comes where the Clippers and the Lakers move into a new arena in downtown known as the Staples Center and now Crypto.com Arena here's the funniest part. So of course, as you can see or hear, I'm fairly younger. I think I'm the youngest locked on host, locked on NBA host. I was born in 98. So my first real memory of actually knowing what's going on in the NBA was the 05, 06 season when I became a Clipper fan. That's six years, I'm sorry, seven years into the Staples Center. So, and as far as I remember growing up, there was no Oh, the the Clippers rent the Lakers arena. You know, you're just tenants. Like, it wasn't this beef. Like, oh, I hate that we share a stadium with the Clippers. It was thought. I always thought it was really cool, and people said it was awesome that how do they were, people would always ask how do the Clippers and the Lakers play at the same arena? What's the process of changing the floor? How long does it take? It was like a fascination. Like we were, they were the only two teams. LA was the only city that had two NBA teams playing the same arena, and it still has been the only case in NBA history. And I thought that was really cool. And no Laker fans that I knew, of course, I come from a family of Clippers sympathizing Laker fans, Laker fans that grew up with the Clippers were terrible. And as long as they're not better than the Lakers, they're okay with the Clippers being good. They actually like it because it's more, they're pro LA at the end. But the Clippers and the Lakers didn't have this tension that they have now. Enter Lob City. Glenn, now it's the first time where the Clippers and the Lakers are both Deep ish playoff contenders because in 2006, there were that was almost a second round matchup between that's actually the closest the Lakers and the Clippers have really gotten to a true battle of LA in Los Angeles. That was 2006 when the Clippers made it to the second round. And the Lakers missed out by blowing the three one lead to Phoenix, and it was so close. I mean, if Lamar Odom gets one rebound, that series is over. Of course, if you guys know basketball history, you know what happened next. Lakers don't get the offensive rebound. I think Sean Marion was the one that came up with it, kicked it out to the top of the key. Former Clipper, and in this case, in 06 would be a future Clipper the following year, Tim Thomas, pump faked, Kwame Brown flew by and he tied the game to send it to overtime and the Suns won game six and the rest is history, played the Clippers. But that was the closest that the Clippers and Lakers were to playing in the playoffs. And even after that, there was no beef, no tension like that. No clip Laker fans cared enough. But when Chris Paul came, there was a little bit of added insult to injury. It wasn't just that the Clippers may be the best team in LA now. It was, he was being traded to the Lakers and then Di- David Stern vetoed the trade because he had control of the new Orleans franchise at the time. And Laker fans were very bitter about that. Not to mention that. So those matchups that first year were, were pretty hyped up. They beat this they, The Lakers won the season series, two games to one. And that third game was a very electric regular season game. That was when Blake Griffin dunked on Pau Gasol twice. But the Lakers ultimately won because the Clippers could not guard Andrew Bynum. That was the best Andrew Bynum of his career, and he was absolutely electric. But as Lob City went on, what intensified it really, and I think this is when it started, the Cl- Laker fans started to actually, a lot of them, not all of them, started to dislike the Clippers, or at least if they weren't annoyed by them before, we're starting to be annoyed by them now. And by the way, the Lakers, I I want to make this very clear. Most Clipper fans hate the Lakers. That's the thing. Most Clipper fans hate the Lakers, but a lot of fans hate the Lakers. That's what happens when you're good for so long and you get these arrogant fans because they've won so much and they have this God-given kind of attitude about that they have to, you know, they have this God-given right that they – have to be contending for championships every single year and they can get any free agent. That's how they are. And that's how the Yankees are as well. That's how, you know, Dallas Cowboys fans once were, you can argue if they still are, but you know, they still get every single game on national television, like Monday night football, Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Cowboys are usually taking one of those spots. It's crazy. And they haven't made the NFC championship in my life, in my life. So the Lakers, they're one of those empires and fans are going to hate those teams So it's not unique to Clipper fans that they hate the Lakers. But what's really changed is the Laker fans starting to get annoyed with the Clippers. If they didn't dislike them, if they don't dislike them now, some of them still get annoyed now. And Glenn Rivers brought his Celtic attitude to the Clippers. And he did one big change. And this is when it really intensified the hatred. How could you guys have, he said, how could you guys have those banners up at your home game? I mean, what is that? We got to do something about that. And the change was made where the Clippers put up selfies, selfies, as Laker fans call them. By the way, Laker fans, I know you want to joke and make fun, but selfies are self-taken pictures. Those are like team photos like taken by photographers. So whatever, Clipper pictures of the players covering the Laker banners, but also the jerseys. So just no Laker paraphernalia in the stadium during a Clipper game. And for whatever reason, Laker fans got really mad about that. And they thought that, you know, those banners belong in Stable Center for any event. You can't take them away. They're part of the stadium fabric. And while that's a decent argument, now that I'm a Rams fan and the Rams and Chargers share SoFi Stadium, I was just at my first Chargers game this past weekend and the Rams banner was taken down. And I had no problem with it, though, because it's not a Rams game. Like I don't understand what the and again, that goes back to the entitlement of, of some of these Laker fans. They just think that they just they think they own this world. But at the end of the day, I still stand by my initial statement. No playoff series. So the Lakers have never broken my heart. There's never been like this intense nervousness playing the Lakers in a game that mattered for more than a week. You know, the Lakers, so Lob City, but you know, here's the funny part. After the Dwight Howard trade, and I'd say 2013 was the first year where it was really heated. Like I remember school, that was when I was in ninth grade, was a war path. Was a war zone, I should say, when it came to Laker Clipper conversation and discourse that year. It was like insane. You had the second year of Lob City, and then the Lakers had gotten Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. So going into that season, there was so much hype around the Lakers, and the Clippers and Lakers played very early in that season. It was the second game of the Clippers season on ESPN. It was a Friday. I remember it like it was yesterday. And Jamal Crawford snapped off Meta World Peace. Oh my God, that was so nice. And yeah, that was just absolutely electric. But the Clippers ended up having six consecutive better seasons than the Lakers after that and beat the living crap out of them for the majority and rest of Lob City as the Lakers found themselves in their worst years in franchise history. So again, no pain coming from the Lakers, nothing serious. In my opinion, it's like a joke of a matchup. They still have more fans. Nothing is, I mean, the Clippers are gaining fans, but it's not even close to equaling the amount of the laker empire both worldwide obviously but also in the city i mean clipper players still get booed excessively when they go to other sporting events rams games dodger games the lakers i mean they have the biggest fan base in the nba so it's just it's, it is what it is but in terms of this in the sake of what a rivalry is i had no problem with the lakers like we beat them all the time during lob city and then 2019-20 I have to say is with the whole Kawhi Leonard saga snubbing the Lakers no commissioner involvement this time just straight up saying no nah, I'm choosing the Clippers I'm the best arguably the best player in the world I just won the championship finals MVP I'm picking the Clippers over you over being the new big 3 with AD and LeBron and probably guaranteeing myself multiple chips that was a game changer total game changer for the history of basketball and the history of LA LA basketball in my opinion because now it's it's actually going to be as I talked about in the episode with Jason It's going to be not viewed as, are you crazy for choosing the Clippers over the Lakers? It's going to depend on what team is in a better spot and what team's a better fit. Before, a superstar's not choosing the Clippers. Like, when LeBron did the decision, I never thought he was even considering the Clippers. I was like, he would never come to a team with Donald Sterling. Are you crazy? So, the 2019-20 season, I actually am not going to lie. During that Christmas game and opening night, I was nervous. Like, I was on edge. Because it was so much trash. I'd never seen such toxic trash talk between the two fan bases ever. That surpassed 2019-20 because in 2013, the Clippers were still, maybe they could take that next step to the conference finals and championship. That was the perception. Because San Antonio and Oklahoma City were still really, really good and better viewed better. The Lakers, though, before the season, people thought they could enter that conversation. But we found out very quickly that that season was not going to be a championship one for the Lakers. So... 2019-20 was unique in the sense that it was the first season where you thought both teams could win the championship, and the Clippers should have made it to the conference finals. We all know what happened next, but there still hasn't been a playoff series to this day, and for that reason, I don't think it's a rivalry. But tell me what you think. A lot of people might disagree. I really don't think it is. Laker fans say it's not because they're like, we don't have a rivalry with the Clippers. Clippers haven't done anything. Yet They some of them, we still live rent-free in their heads, and they talk about us all the time. So that's a weird thing. And then, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I'm probably the minority. I think a lot of Clipper fans want to make it a rivalry. But, again, playoffs or nothing. But coming up, I'm going to be talking about teams that the Clippers did play in the playoffs. Are they our rivals? Played them very recently, 2021. And they just played each other in the playoffs last year, funny enough. Talking about those two coming up. Luka Doncic is the favorite. To win the regular season MVP this upcoming season, with the odds at plus four fifty, Joel Embiid right behind him at plus six hundred. You think Luka Doncic is going to win MVP? What about Kawhi Leonard? He's barely sniffing that top ten. If you want to place your best though for any candidate, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, could he pull a Larry Bird? Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, three in a row to do all that? You got to go to Bet Online. Bet Online's your number one source for all your NBA wagering. Information and not just NBA, NFL, MLB. The playoffs are coming up. The Dodgers just clinched their best record in franchise history. Go place your bets on them to win the World Series. And of course, the biggest sporting event in the world is coming up very shortly the World Cup in Qatar. Remember, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. Just head to betonline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. There are two teams that the Clippers have recently played in the playoffs that they're, they've had tension with a little bit, to say the least. And those teams are the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to start with the Dallas Mavericks. So the Clippers have played them two years in a row in the playoffs. The only other team they can say that about is the Memphis Grizzlies. And one of them was in the bubble. The other one was 2021. So the one of the bubble, and the Clippers were favored for both and ended up winning both, but they were very competitive series. I mean, the Dallas Mavericks tied the series one-one. So anytime you tie a series one, one in the um, let's go with the first one. I'm, I'm talking about the first one first, 2020. When the Mavs tied the series one, one, that already got me nervous. So when a team starts making you nervous in the playoffs, that's like a, a good first step right there. And then as the series started going on. You saw Luca and how much he kind of He's a trash talker. Like that guy is a trash talker. He had the whole Montrez Harold controversy where Montrez called him a blank ass white boy. And that was a whole thing. So you already had literal trash talks, something that was being talked about nationally. And then Luca had, you know, his tussles with a bunch of players. I mean, Patrick Beverly, Terrence Mann and him have gotten into it multiple times, even in like preseason. And I mean, Luca's a guy that it's very easy for, as a defender, it's probably really easy to get annoyed with someone that good. And obviously he's talking trash. And Luca also has a really savvy player in terms of drawing fouls. And that can really get guys annoyed. So when Luca made that buzzer beater in game four, Oh, man, that's when I was really like, I don't, I, really, I, don't, I don't like these guys. I don't really like these guys. And then, of course, I forgot, almost forgot, Chris Depp Porzingis in the first game of that series got into it with Marcus Morris and got ejected from the game. So there you go. And then you had the whole controversy that Marcus Morris tried to, te- tried to purposely injure Luca by stepping on the back of his foot, on his heel. That was a whole thing. So you had some good ammo there. For a little rivalry, Clippers end up winning the series four games to two. But I always, here's another condition of my rivalry thing. You have to have played multiple times in the playoffs, not just once, multiple times. So, has to be playoffs and you have to play multiple times. Those are two of my rules for rivalry. Now, Clippers rematched them in 2021. I was nervous because I already was like, I don't want to play Luka again. I don't want the Clippers to play Luka again. And they did. And it was I thought there's, okay, well, hopefully it won't be as stressful as last time. It was even worse. The Mavs won two games in LA, even though there wasn't that much tension or no scuffles or anything that I remember. And I was at both those games, by the way, if you want to see the vlogs for both those games, they're all on my channel, Dime Dropper. But that made me just, I had lost hope at that point. I thought the Clippers, if you had asked me what was going to happen when the Clippers were down to nothing to the Mavs after losing two games at home, I would have said they're going to blow up the team. Like, this is it. Kawhi and Paul George just didn't work. But obviously, the Clippers bounce back and win two games in Dallas, lose game five at home, and then the epic game seven, and of course, game six where Kawhi just had the game of his life. And it's just kind of like it wasn't as, you know, I don't think there was as much tension in the second go-around as the first. And at the end of the day, my third and final rule of rivalries – both sides have to win. Because right now, the Mavs were annoying. Yeah, the Clippers beat them both times. The Mavs never broke my heart. They hurt me for a day or two when Luca made that step back. They hurt me for a couple of days before Game 3 in 2021, a couple of days before Game 6. But we, the Clippers beat them twice. So I don't really think that – I think the Maverick fans want to beat the Clippers badly. And you know what's funny? Shout-out to my guys over at Locked On Mavs. But they were talking to Dorian Finney-Smith and Dorian Finney-Smith was like, it'd be really nice to beat the Clippers. We've never beaten them in the playoffs. Clipper fans, listen to that sentence for a second. This guy played for the Mavericks. Like, this is the team that had Dirk and, like, whooped our asses for, like, over a decade. He said, we've never beaten the Clippers in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, man, I can get used to that stuff. I really can get used to that stuff. And then, you know, co-host uh, Isaac was like, Man, I would really want to beat them. It'd be nothing better than that to beat them to go to the finals. Gentlemen, I hope we see it. But ho- hopefully the second round, not the first again. So to conclude with the Mavs, I don't think it's a rivalry because the Clippers have never lost to them. I have no ill will towards them, really. They're just kind of annoying. Now here's a team I think that the Clippers can really have a rivalry with. If they play them one more time, it's, all, it's on. The Phoenix Suns. You can already tell my tone has changed. But these guys have been a thorn in our side for a long time. Starting in 2006, when they broke this little boy's heart at a seven-year-old age, when Raja Bell made that... Mm, just My blood's already boiling, guys. Hit that stupid corner three in the left corner over Daniel Ewing, who I don't know why he was in the game. Tied the game and send it into overtime. I'm not sure if it went to overtime or double OT, but they beat us. And that was it. Like the Clippers forced a game seven, but it's really hard to win game sevens on the road. And the Suns had already won a game seven at, in the playoffs that year at home against the Lakers. And it was right there for the taking in game five. The Clippers had it. Had Raja Bell missed that shot. Maybe if Sam Cassell doesn't get an eight second violation a couple of minutes earlier. I don't like blaming Sam Cassell for anything because he's the reason that season really turned. A, he's the reason the Clippers really turned it around so much that season. But that broke my heart, right? Now, fast forward 16 years. The Clippers see the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals. Had already had some scuffles and tussles earlier in that season. And now there's one big emotional side for the fans, at least for me. They have the guy that turned the Clippers franchise around Chris Paul Clipper fans. A lot of them don't like to acknowledge this, but I believe that not in terms of long-term stability, success and changing the narrative, but in terms of showing people and NBA fans and players and everyone associated with watching the league, showing people that the Clippers can win I can have consecutive winning seasons, can be a a perennial playoff team. You know, year in, year out, you expect them to be good. And that's what Chris Paul did. Because I don't think the Clippers would have ever been a consistent, guaranteed playoff team with just Blake Griffin leading the way. And that's part of the reason why I stopped going to so many regular season games. I was like, I've been to so many regular season games at this point. I know we're going to make the playoffs, and that's so much more exciting and more intense, and the crowd is so much better. So I'm just going to save my money. In high school later, the last three years of high school, I did that. 2014, 15, and 16. I only went to like a combined three regular season games. I usually go to at least 10 growing up. And obviously now I go to even more. But that's those three seasons I barely went. I went to all the playoff games. And I'm so thankful I did that. No regrets. But Chris Paul was a ch- – he changed everything. Like, hate him or not, he changed everything. He brought the consistent winning. And he's done that wherever he's gone. But having him on the other side, and it, w- it was like we knew – Either the he's gonna make his first championship or the Clippers are gonna make their first championship. And obviously the Clippers didn't have Kawhi and you know lost Zubots for some games, and the Suns beat the Clippers. So losing to them twice, I guess I feel like a Mavs fan. So it's not a true rivalry because the Clippers have never beaten them. But man, I don't like them. And I really want to beat Chris Paul. And I would really want to play them again with Kawhi. Like I want to play them so badly. So badly. If it were up to me. I would want to play I don't know who in the first round like like New Orleans probably like get some revenge on that playing game and then second round play against the Suns and then play against the Mavs in the conference finals or the Grizzlies I'm saying I'm obviously not saying the Warriors for multiple reasons but I'll save that for coming up because the last two teams who I think have an argument to have been rivals with the Clippers already actually and it could be, we could see part 2 the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Golden State Warriors. In conclusion with the Suns, I, you can't say it's a rivalry based on my definition. Haven't Both sides haven't exchanged blows, but I don't like them. And I want to beat Chris Paul really badly as a Clipper fan. But coming up, we're going to get into the two that I think you can make an argument Clippers had a rivalry with at some point. All right. To end the show, all right. To end the show, two teams that the Clippers, you can make an argument Had a rivalry with at some point. The Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to talk about the Warriors first. So the Clippers and the Warriors only played one time in the playoffs during Lob City. They also played again in 2019. But that was a totally different team. 2014 was Lob City versus, obviously, the beginning of... That was the last season of Mark Jackson as Warriors coach, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. But I felt like that rivalry was very media-pushed, in my opinion, because I already had a hatred for one team in the league that we had played in the playoffs two straight years, Memphis. And it really sparked, though, the Warriors won on Christmas. It was Christmas in 2013, 2013-14 season, and there was a, a big scuffle towards the end of the game, I remember. And even when the buzzer sounded, Chris Paul was really mad. I think it was Chris Paul that was really mad. Bogut and Blake Griffin got ejected, or I think Blake Griffin got ejected for sure. I remember Blake did. I don't remember if Bogut got ejected either. I got ejected as well. But that was intense. And then they played him in the playoffs, and it was a pretty intense series. I went to all four home games. But it wasn't as physical and not as many scuffles as Grizzlies. But it was a start. The thing is, they never played each other again. But I know Warriors fans really didn't like us. Like I don't. I know Warriors fans really didn't like the Clippers. I didn't really feel too strongly about them, but you know, I did feel a little bit of jealousy when they were the team that ended up being the Western Conference team that took over and broke over the hump after San Antonio and ended up ending the Oklahoma City duo. And it wasn't the Clippers. That hurt for sure. Especially because they had come from such a place of poverty as well. And they just got new ownership. And ultimately the main difference to me is they had Steph Curry and we didn't. And I, I think Chris Paul's fantastic, but there's levels to this. And Steph Curry is, I think, after this last championship, just my opinion, even as a historian of the game. See, some people think this may be too low. Some people think it's maybe too high. But I think he's, like, for sure top 12, 12 or 13 ever. Um, I'm probably going to get feedback on that one because people either feel really strongly about that stuff or not. I'm sorry. I should I should clarify. People either feel like, oh, my God, are you crazy? He's definitely top 10. Younger people probably, and then older people will be like, really? You think he's top 15? I don't know. Steph Curry's amazing, though, point blank. He's the reason why the Warriors propelled to big heights alongside other guys, but he's the catalyst. Clippers didn't have a player of that caliber. So overall, no, don't think that's a rivalry either, but Clippers and Warriors playing this year would be like... It's funny because Draymond, Clay, and Steph are still there, but it would be a different cast of Clipper team, an entirely new Clipper team, but the fans still remember. And Steph, Clay, and Draymond still remember. But the reason why I don't want to play the Warriors in the playoffs is because they had, like, 30% of the fans in the stadium back then, and it wasn't that big a deal. But now they'd have, like, 50 because the Warrior bandwagon has grown so much and the, the Curry stands would show up in Groves. And it would just be an uncomfortable experience for us, and I don't really want to do that. And the ticket prices would, be, would also be outrageous. So, No thanks, even though obviously that's the series that the world wants to see, Clippers and Warriors Ultimate Showdown this year, but I'd like to play the Nuggets and get some revenge on them instead. I don't know why I didn't mention them either, but the team I really want to play in the playoffs, probably outside of the Suns, maybe even more, I need round three against Memphis. If there's ever been a Clipper rival for my money, it's the Memphis Grizzlies, or as I like to call them, the Teddy Bears. I hated them with such a passion because I could see how much they hated us. Flopper, flopper. I remember they used to say that for Blake and Chris Paul. And that was the first time I'd ever heard beat LA for the Clippers. I may be wrong on that one, but that was the first time I really remember it with those stupid yellow rally towels. They were the antithesis of the Clippers. The Clippers were this flashy, exciting, trying to push the ball in transition, lobbed city, athletic team that was really fun to watch, but didn't seem to have that toughness or so people thought. That year they did though, because Kenyon Martin and Reggie Evans. But the Grizzlies were this slow, grinded out. Zebo and Marcus Saul were their best players, four and five, you know, a four and a five. Tony Allen, the grindfather, defensive side of the ball, slowed the game down and mucked it up. And it was just two polar opposite styles. You had the LA glitz and glam. You had the Memphis grind, you know, blue collar mentality. It was just perfect. And I think the media could have pushed it so much harder. And then the reason why I really despised them, they had a former Clipper that was their ringleader, Zach Randolph. He played for the Clippers and I liked him during the 09 season. Then he went to Memphis and they weren't even that good. And I just didn't understand the politics and business side of it as a kid. So I really hated him for that. And he used to always want to fight Blake Griffin. They'd wrestle to the floor multiple times a game. Tony Allen would be so good defensively on Jamal Crawford. And Mike Conley would do a good job on Chris Paul. And the main reason why it passes all my criteria. Playoffs, check. Multiple times in the playoffs, check. Back-to-back years at that. Exchanged blows, check. I, was, I had some of my best memories as a Clipper fan when we beat the Grizzlies in 2012. But I also had one of my worst when the Clippers lost to them the following year after they had lost Rudy Gay, after the Clippers had had their best season in franchise history and had swept them in the regular season. To lose to them in the playoffs, I'll never forget. I was crying, even as a 14-year-old crying because I thought, Chris Paul, is he going to stay? Because we we still had Donald Sterling as owner, so I figured maybe he could leave. We took a step back. Oh my God, I was so overconfident because of the previous year and I just started bawling my eyes out. Memphis broke my heart and I want to play them again. It's both teams are totally new iterations. The the Memphis Grizzlies team now is actually total opposite of that old team. They're totally run kind of run and gun. They still kind of have that. They embrace that like blue collar mentality or that grind it out mentality, but they are a very flashy, like John Miranda is like an above the rim exciting player, like get him in in space. It's just, the game has changed. You don't really have those muck it up big, like their best players are big men kind of team like the the old Grizzlies. It's a different era. And I think they shoot a lot of threes. Like, you know, it's, they try to embrace that whole grind it out mentality that Memphis has as a franchise. And they are like gritty players, I guess. But if you watch that series against Minnesota last year, that was like AAU basketball, like on the NBA level. But it would be nice to play them again because I think the Clippers are totally opposite from that old Lob City team. This current Clipper team hang their hat on defense or try to are more about trying to be dogs. And that was really from the Montrose, Harold, Patrick, Beverly, Lou Williams shift because I think the Clippers being the opposite of the Lakers also should be kind of embracing that kind of grind it out. We're not in the spotlight, not all about that bright lights and celebrities at the game, even though they do show up. It's L.A., but... They're the road less traveled by. And Patrick Beverly said it best, even though he's not one of us anymore, and funny enough on the other side, but he did say this is for the blue-collar people, for the people at the back. That was his whole thing. And I think that mentality and that mantra really is more suited for the Clippers because they are overshadowed by the team that resembles that Hollywood L.A. persona and identity, and that's Lakers, that's Magic Johnson, that's Showtime, Dr. Bus, Forum Club, you know the lighting at Laker games is different. It's like the darkened crowd. And then the lights are bright on the purple and gold court to showcase it even more. So that's, that's, that's just for me being at games, knowing that, but you could probably tell on TV, but yeah, if I had to pick one rival, do the Clippers have one now? No, but the Memphis Grizzlies were the one for me. And I would love to resume it with them because I need part three, but let me know what you think, guys. Of course, do the Clippers have a rival? Are any of these teams rivals? And by the way, I think part of the reason why it's hard to build rivalries in the NBA these days are because players move a lot more. So you don't get that same continuity with a team to build that. First of all, distaste for another team, but also pride in the jersey that you wear. So many guys are shifting teams nowadays. But also the league. They want to minimize... Any sort of trash talk imaginable, and it sucks as a viewer, it's actually terrible. They give so many taunting technicals. There are guys that just stare at guys we uh, like you know just stare down guys and they get texts these days. it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible, and then you no one fights anymore in my whole lifetime, people don't fight like that. The only real major swings I can remember in my time watching basketball was the Madison Square Garden one where Carmelo Anthony punched Marty Collins <laughs> That was an under under talked about. Fight in NBA history, that one in Madison Square Garden, but it's hard to build these rivalries. Constantly, players moving, and also a lot of these players are friends these days. It's just a different era. Back in the day, it was you know with me or against me, and some people still have that mentality. But it's different time. There is so much more media around the game, commercials. These players are you know represented by the same shoe agent, and then of course the biggest game changer AAU and coming up in AAU and playing with each other, playing against each other. These guys are all familiar with one another. So it's totally different than back in the day where Larry and Magic are, aren't meeting till their fifth year doing a Converse commercial. or Was it a Converse commercial? Yeah, it was, if I'm not mistaken. You can check me on that if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. But anyways, you tell me in the comments if the Clippers have a rival. As always, my name is Darian Vaziri. I've been a Clipper fan for 18 years. You can follow me at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, to subscribe to this channel and subscribe to Dime Dropper on YouTube as well. Clipper Preseason, that'll be your next recap or next episode. Thank God I get to finally talk about Clipper Basketball when it happens. Talking about a game, I couldn't be more excited. Enjoy the game, ladies and gentlemen, because we're back. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly.